You are listening to Scars and Guitars on 4ZZZ Z Digital and also via my podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you are doing very well. You're about to listen to my conversation with Stephen Adam, two of the blokes that make up the trio in Perth-based experimental music troupe Intenso. We talk about all sorts of things. It's quite a hilarious discussion and the guys have a pretty offbeat, off-kilter sense of humour, but I like that. I really do enjoy that. So let's cut to the discussion. Here they are, Steve and Adam from the band Intenso. All right, lads, I'll, I'll kick things off. Welcome to the show. Can one of you tell me, or both of you, tell me first about the concept behind the band, as I understand that you create music using drums and percussion, Rhodes piano and samples. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the instrumentation. Um, I mean, it, going back to the original setup, um, it was about an idea of, of improvised music, um, no stylistic um, uh, considerations. So we we just entered into a, a track or a song and, and see where it would where would we go. Um, and, and in those early days, yeah, we were using Roland four hundred fours, Rose piano, and um, drums, uh, normal drums. Um, uh, these days we're sort of expanding a little bit more. We're, we're sort of getting into the more modular synth, and, and Ad, Adam should talk about that side a bit more. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So we're getting a more modular synth. I've, I've been um, uh, uh, yeah, with the Rhodes, been adding some um, also some MIDI kind of controller sort of um, VST style hmm. synth stuff as well, um, just to sort of expand our sounds. But yeah, the modular synth is really um, the biggest difference from the early days right now. Hmm. Okay, so Lee sent me a copy of the album released in 2017 called The Slow Cataclysm of Neglect. Now, I love it. But for somebody that has yet to hear your music, say you're at a party or a family gathering, something like that, how would you describe the sounds contained on the album? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, how, how would we describe that one? Um... Well, I mean, like there there wasn't any um, there wasn't any modular on that one either, so that would have been from my perspective pretty organic, I mm. think. But I mean, I, I don't know how much that would explain the thing. You know, it's like it's quite rhythmic. There's maybe a bit. It's would you say step a bit more beatsy in? You know, some of the tracks have something of a of a beat. You know, like a you know, it's a bit more rhythmic. Yeah, there's lot, lot, rhythmic. But I mean, but there's also some more down downer tracks, which are a little more ethereal mm-hmm. uh, and exploratory. Um, and 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 then yeah, they they juxtaposed against um, more faster and and beat orientated tracks. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, which is just the way it seemed to come out. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't intentional. That wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're just making it up as we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing really is that intentional. <laughs> it's the yeah. nature of the animal, really. Yeah, I mean, it's a very unusual setup, isn't it? I mean, I can name maybe, I mean, I can't really name anybody more prominent than Alan Vega. Now, are you guys familiar with Alan Vega and the band Suicide? Um, somebody mentioned Alan Vega to me the other day, but oh, I don't didn't know. No, not that familiar. No. You guys would love his stuff. He's one of my favourite artists of all time. Mm-hmm. So when he was in Suicide, right. he used to scare the living daylights out of the punks by going up on stage and playing. There was a drum kit and there was a synth. That was it. And he used to bring up a rusty That's bike it. chain <laughs> on stage. He used to slam it into the ground and terrify all of the crusty punks with mohawks and stuff. You know, um, <laughs> this he's a bit older than everybody else. Wow. He's probably in his late thirties or forties when punk broke. 
because he only died a couple of years ago at the ripe old age of 79 or 80 or something. But he, he is playing music that I think you are a spiritual cousin to. Wow. Okay, we definitely would be checking that out, yeah. Yeah, dude, his, his solo stuff. Yeah, his solo stuff I just love. It's a bit more poppy, but some of the stuff he did with um, Suicide, uh, I can't remember the name of the album. It might just be self-titled. I reckon you guys will get right into that, you know, that. And um, I guess, you know, my next point would be around that. I mean, Alan Vega, he's an underground success story. So there, there's certainly hope from the perspective that your music could achieve a wider audience. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah, uh, we, we hope nice. so. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we we can't change who we are, um, but we do hope that eventually more people will get it or like it. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's not like wholly conceptual or anything because it is odd and because it's improvised and and there's sort of a dynamic that we work within. We we almost shackled ourselves a bit, you know, by. I mean, it's it's freeing, but it's also quite binding. You know what I mean? Mm. To to improvise purely because you know, I mean, anyone that's done it, you can that's you hard. can do anything you want. But sometimes there's <laughs> sometimes too many too many choices too many choices ruins it. You actually go nowhere when you got too many choice. Yeah, and I mean, we but like to to get to your question, we have been together for like what is it nine years or something? Yeah, like? nine years now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, eight or nine years. So it's a long time, and this sort of like the areas of relationship and the language and things like that. And uh, I think it is it's evolving and progressing. Yeah, so I lang- language is the word. It's it's about a language between us, the three of us, mm. when we play. Has the band is been it more accessible? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So, Sorry. Have Have you guys been in the lineup that you've got now, the three of you, for nine years? Um, yeah. Oh, no, more or less. More or less. Yeah. Two thousand and nine, I think. Yeah, it's almost ten years. Well, yeah. nine years, but yeah, of course, yeah. Sorry, but yeah. Man, that's in, that's incredible. How have you managed to stay together and not murder each other? Oh, there's been a bit of sparring. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess there have been some broken far. bones. I think actually, haven't there? I believe you might have <laughs> broken a rib or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, those boys have broken my ribs before. I had to get an X-ray to on my spleen um, just in case uh, <laughs> it was a bit ruptured. It, it was okay. It was okay. It was just a precautionary thing. But yeah, um. Yeah, we do like to get a little bit um, violent sometimes, um, but it, I guess it, it's about trust at the yeah. end of the day, and, and we do that because we, we trust each other. We're brothers. We're, we found each other somehow. Was that was that sparring session, it wasn't over something like who has the strawberry ice cream in the Neapolitan ice cream tub, was it? It was over something significant, I hope, wasn't it? To get, essentially get an injury like no, that. No, even, even, even less so. I mean, it was, it was, more, it was an exercise in... In self-defense, and, and, and I mean, it wasn't it wasn't come, it wasn't from aggressive purposes. It was just we just fought each other because we like to have a fight for no other reason. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there might have been some whiskey involved. Like, I mean, that's possible. It's kind of like having a jam with someone as well. When you if you stand toe to toe with someone, you're jamming with them. You're you're conversating with them, even though it's with, maybe with your fists or something. But yeah, you, you, mm. you're, you're you're going back and forth. You're sharing stuff. You're you're um, reacting. You're reacting on stuff, and and it's not yeah. not that different to playing music. In the way that I think that's it. right. Yeah, we don't want to hurt each other. We'd, it's kind of like pushing each other, 
out of each, you know, out of your comfort comfort zones and conditioning and seeing, you know. So it inspires where you, you can be... go and like, like like you said, yeah, it's, it's you do that on stage and you do it when we play, and so we do it in the kitchen at three in the morning sometimes as well, but it's the same outcome, you know. <laughs> The creative process inspires you to get physical. Is that what it is? Or yeah, is it... exactly right. That's right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard yeah, of that before. I've so. actually legitimately heard of that before. And you know, you're all you're all brothers now. I take it more so than friends. Are you? You know, you're just going to be around each other probably for the rest of your lives. We, we need each other. I think we. Know, yeah. I think we know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It is the music that you're playing. Is very unique, isn't it? Especially for Australia. And I'm going to touch on this next this next point because I'm going to congratulate you. So no, it was actually it was last year. So, you know, as much as it might be cool, a cool thing to downplay winning awards in indie circles, you know, it really must have been a thrill to win the Wham Song of the Year in the experimental category for the 2000 for last year with the track as steadfast yeah. as the ether itself. So, talk to us about that. I mean, is that something that really inspires you and is exciting to be recognised by your peers and by judges for? Having, I mean, it's a great track, by the way, from a really bloody good album. So, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know who Thanks. else it was nominated against, but it must Thanks be a wonderful it. thing to win. Uh, we love that competition. We love the whole everything about it. And and you're right. Um, we don't. It's not. It's not easy for us to get gigs at times, and we don't gig maybe as much as we'd like to. Um, and so when these competitions come up, and I mean, we've been nominated a lot of times. We, we've won it. We won it last year, and we won it maybe uh, two years ago. Twenty fifteen, I think it was. Yeah, for a different track. Um, and it's and apart from that, that's our, our pretty much our only recognition. Um, a lot of the time for that year. Um, um, yeah. Slowly, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. It encourages us. It encourages us to keep going. I mean, it's not the be all and end all. You know, you know, we do our stuff because we we just do it because that's what we do. Uh, but at the, at the same time, yeah, you're right. It's, it's really nice to get that sort of feedback to say that you guys, yeah, you guys are doing all right. Yeah, I, I agree totally. That's a really good way of putting it. You know, it's people giving you acknowledgement and going, hey, guys, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing all right. You know, so yeah. So in terms of a follow-up release to what is a very strong album of, of experimental and instrumentally-based music, what are the plans? Well, yeah, actually, funny you ask, we've, we're pretty much already started um, the next album. Um, maybe, Ad, do you want to talk about our new approaching things? Um, yeah, well, we are just basically writing. We're writing, which it, it's pretty funny that, it, it, you know, it, it's actually quite cathartic to do it. And, it, and we've really been enjoying it. But it's sort of silly because that's how everybody makes music. <laughs> so it's like, it took us this long to realize, oh, we can do that as well. Yeah. We've been writing for for like a concept album uh, called Detroitus. Detroitus sort of a play on Detritus and the sort of state of Detroit currently. Yes. Um, I don't know if everyone really knows about that. But it just yeah, came, I know. I've been it reading came about across. It. Yeah, I just read about it in my late night yeah. internet trawling. But yeah, what was, what, was, what was the inspiration behind diving into that subject matter? It just came, you know, through, like, past my sort of, you know, it, I, I read something about it, and I don't know why, but I just couldn't really get my head around the idea that the first world country could, that that could happen there, and so I just didn't, it got stuck in my, you know, in my web, and then I just was thinking about it, like, a lot, and, but, but and also, like, there's a lot of positive things coming out of Detroit as well, like, there's a lot, there's a lot of youth, and, um, self-generated projects. Yeah, totally. That, it's it, it's really positive 
So it's not like we're all just trying to shine a light on some post-apocalyptic fucking town and say, like, oh, this is so terrible, we're going to make Doom Rock or something. But mm. it's it's a place that's in flux. It's just really, really quite interesting because it was, like, what, the fifth biggest, like, place in, in the U.S.? Like, well, years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, maybe 60, 70 or something. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's just in free fall, sort of. And so we just thought, well, I mean, what about a concept album? It, it felt like the time to do it because we've done the first two we're not really changing everything that we do. We started changing what we do for this this record, but not, you know, not mm. sort of for all time. It's just sort of a nice conceptual idea to explore it. And it, it's a little bit like soundtracking as well, I guess, when you say that. Yeah, I, I, that's right. I mean, and the, the approach, when we say we're writing, we're not, we're not sort of writing out chords or, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus stuff because, I mean, that's just not what we do. But... We, when we write about a song, we actually write a narrative about what the song could be or what we're trying to describe the, the actual... Almost like a scene. And yeah, a scene. We'll soundtrack yeah. it. We'll, we'll and play then, it. And that then feeds, yeah. into the, it feeds into the improv or feeds into the conversation about of, of, of playing together. And we've got something in, in our mind about what we're trying to achieve with this rather than where previously we just... We're just working on instinct and reactions. Instinct and yep. reactions. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. Instinct and reactions. Now that ties in very nicely to when you say you're doing a lot of improvisation. So what do you do? Use verbal cues, or how do you guys know that you're taking it? I mean, I'm a musician myself, okay, but I play traditional instrumentation, bass guitar and six string guitar. So okay. I haven't been a part of too much um, on purpose. Um, you know, ad lib and all the rest of it, it really hasn't doesn't go according to plan. I think you guys alluded to sometimes you can go down these very dark paths from which you cannot return and it just does not sound musical anymore. Um, how do you guys keep it? So on that note, how, how do you keep it musical? You know, what is it, verbal cues? Do you throw things at each other to keep people on track or how do you do it? There's a, there's a lot of post-mortem, I guess, where we'll, we'll discuss what's just happened or we'll discuss, what could have happened? Like after the after after we play, that is, like, yeah, or, or even after a track or something, yeah. And, and we we often, I mean, we, we set our, we set we set rules that we never follow. Things about <laughs> even, even things like, things like listening to each other. That's true. Stuff That's like very that, true. You know, because because it's essentially, we're, there's, there's three people. There's three people in the band, and we're all pouring in. And then we have to make a thread and, and we have to find coherence. Um, I mean, we've got a song sensibility at the end of the day. I think we all have that. We, we mm. all love music that's more commercial um, and non-commercial, but, so, but we have that kind of sensibility. Um, so we're not trying to be unlistenable, but we're not trying to be listenable purposely as well, if you know, if the paradox. Yeah, that's about right. I well, think I think so. you. I've got to burst your bubble a little right. bit. I find you incredibly listenable, but then I love a lot of abstract music. You know that you're you're one experimental right. yeah, band cool. that I've been able to put on around my children. You know, and that they don't yell at me to turn it off because it's crap. You know, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've, yeah. I'm an indie journalist, and I'm constantly doing reviews and interviews, and and so so much engagement with with musicians. And the only way that I can listen to a lot of music is if because when I'm looking after the two girls, is if I put the music on in the background as accompaniment. 
And um, yeah, sometimes yeah. I, could, I can even sense their mood changing, you know, when a certain piece gets on, like if yeah. you're listening to, to too much heavy metal or what have you, you know, you, they, not they get more aggressive or anything, but their energy levels lift. But with your music, I notice they're quite happy sitting down and drawing and painting. Wow, you know? man, wow. Yeah, that's nice well, and well, very that's, bizarre. That's, that's, that's two interesting things, because one is there's a recent report that came out that I saw that said that um, like heavy music actually um, incites... Um, um, Victoria, or you know, actually helps your that's mental right. mental state. Yeah, I read that. I think I read um, the same and, thing. But, yeah. but so that's that's amazing for one. And then the second is yeah, just the fact that your kids are drawing and being creative, listening to our music. Holy crap, man! That's that's amazing. Yeah, look, it's yeah, nice. It's quite nice. And, and when I've been doing administration work for my business as well, I've had your music on on the headphones, just turned down real low, but it's still there. It's very. What I like about your music and a lot of experimental music, can't most of it is that comes across as noise. Go and listen to anything that Mike Patton's done in your spare time, for example. Um, yeah. You know, yours is eminently listenable. It's not obtrusive. You understand what I mean by that? It doesn't intrude into what you're doing. You can actually, yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? I can have it on in the car and I can talk to my wife or what it's have you. It's an accompaniment. It is. It's like jazz. I, you know, it's a cliche. You know, we often say about things that are very musical that it's like jazz. But your music is very much like jazz. And I'm a massive jazz aficionado. I've got a vinyl collection of jazz records: John Coltrane, Charlie okay. Parker. You know, and I just put them on whenever I get home to make me feel more at peace. Well, well with I think the world. We're, we're listening to um, "Love Supreme" at about three thirty last night. I love Supreme. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, does it get better than that? That is what happens. Shit. That's, that's a true story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that that is true. I just got home. The place is a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys live with each other. But you know, no, But we rehearse on. Uh, we've been writing on Wednesday nights, uh, right. pretty much all year, or which is yeah, yeah, pretty much for like yeah. a while now, and yeah. and that's good because you know it's hard to coordinate three people, and mm. we can get. We, I mean, if you don't get together and play, it's just no Constantly. good. Yeah, mm. so so we've been you know locking that in, and yeah, but we all live in, in different ends of the of Middle Earth. Okay. You know? Yeah. Let's talk about tours and the way you can promote your music. What plans have you got? Are you going offshore and doing some shape showcases or some gigs in the states or Europe? Oh uh, yeah, we. Oh. I mean, we've we've always had a plan to hit Asia for some reason. It's always been something for us, but um. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to promote a band like this. I guess at times, you know, we say we've been together for nine years, but maybe only people only known us maybe for the last two or three years, or mm. three maybe three years, um, because of just the nature of the music we do and the fact that you don't often get gigs for this kind of music, or you know, or putting together a lineup that it would suit. Um, yeah, but touring is something we'd really love to do. Um, probably be our first thing we probably try to do is maybe just like a local, you know, regional tour hmm. uh, and then start thinking about like maybe either Europe or, or Asia, actually. Asia's yeah, a very I think smart those places, move. I, I would, yeah, it seems like they would, they would be re- receptive. I don't know. It just seems that way. You know? I've spent a lot of time offshore in Asia and uh, in, in the Philippines specifically. Yeah, you're actually wow. onto something there. I've been talking to a lot of Australian artists about this very thing. It's on our doorstep. Indonesia and Malaysia are massive markets for music, and they do like Australian music and Australian artists, by the way. 
We just don't seem wow, to have the managerial yeah. context there. We seem to constantly think of the English-speaking countries or the countries where they readily speak English, such as the Western European countries. But Asia's here, mate, and or lads, and the Philippines is a really good place to start. You know, you might break even the first couple of you might not break even the first couple of times you go over there in terms of you might not get back what no, you're fair. No, that's what grants are for, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. You've just got to get smart about it and just look around you. But what yeah. what I've heard is from Australian artists, and there is a few Australian artists that are making a very, very good, more than comfortable living touring Asia and making and releasing music over there that you've probably never heard wow. of before. Yeah, and you guys could yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, they're big. That's right. They're big. They're big in other countries, so you don't hear about them in your local countries. It's quite common. Yeah, well, uh, another an artist in a completely different genre and style and even era is Tina Arena. So yeah, she had some success right. here, but she went to yeah, France. Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so she went to where? France was the country she. Tina Arena was huge in Japan. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there was. We don't have any lyrics too, so I mean that's kind of you know. It's fairly accessible in a non-English speaking country because you know that's not going to be a barrier. There's no. What's it? Well, you're funny. Actually, you've always wanted to go to Philippines, right? Yeah, I strangely have. It's quite Americanized, I think, because they well it was probably colonized, no doubt. I don't yeah, know. From the Second World War, I think it was. Yeah, colonized, yeah, yeah, colonized by the Spanish, but um, more or less. I mean, they had no choice. The Americans had to come in and put their bases there, otherwise uh, the Japanese basically did steamroll great parts of. Uh, the Philippines, yeah. but it's a bit of a mix of it's probably one tenth Spanish culture, seven tenths Southeast Asian culture, and about two tenths American. You know, it's the American influence. The most, mental, the most mental thing is it's about a hundred million people in the Philippines. Yes, yeah, yeah, spread across four hundred islands. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and it's yeah. you feel and every general. second person is an Elvis impersonator. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't is see that. Is that true? <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe that was uh, manufactured that memory. I'm not sure. Well, they've got they've got a lot of nightclubs over there too. They're very big on their music in the Philippines. You know, it's it's as I say, it's not just there. It's all of Southeast Asia, Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, yeah, Thailand, yeah. especially yeah. Thailand. My God, you know, you guys would go a treat in Thailand with all of the nightclubs they've got there and the port resort towns like Phuket and Koh Samui. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You know, food for thought. I love it. I love it when Australian artists, especially like you guys, do really well in that. That very narrow lane, but it does exist. It is there. But, I mean, do, do we? Do, I mean, when you go to a country like that, do you promote yourself as experimental? If you're going to a nightclub, or you just play your music, Australian music, and just go with it and see what happens? You just be yourself. That's been my experience with it. Just be yourself. So re- yeah. promote yourself. Reach out to. I think the way you do it is you'd find out who is a relatively credible promoter, and look, you'd probably get ripped off half of the time. Okay, so you've got to sort of accept yeah, the good with the yeah. bad. Okay, especially when you're the first time, you know, the first time and that. Yeah, a lot of bands yeah. don't get paid when they turn up to do gigs, but then you've got to look at it as an experience. You know, I know absolutely, it, yeah, and opportunities and things. Yeah, yeah, and and we really have not had much experience with being paid <laughs> anyway. So I mean, yeah. no, I'm not saying it wouldn't be nice, but you know, it's not a precedent. Yeah. Oh, it's it's ridiculous in this country. It's ridiculous everywhere. Okay, I'll say that. Maybe not in North America because it's a bit more settled there in terms of you can comfortably. A lot of people come to the Oh yeah. yeah, it's an economic and commercial bonanza over there. But here in Australia, yeah, yeah. it's a goddamn joke. Like I'll be making sure it's you guys get paid from AMRAP or whoever it is because I'll list your song on my radio show so as they get whatever royalties you owed that way. And it's probably one tenth of Thank one tenth of a, of a cent. <laughs> Of a cent that you'll get a check for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you'll probably. I shouldn't. I'm, I might not. I'm, I probably shouldn't do it because you'll probably get sent the bill for the stamp 
that the envelope telling you what the actual <laughs> yeah. check royalty and check would be. And there'll be a different... Yeah, there'll be a net deficit of something like 29 cents or whatever a stamp cost these days. God, I don't yeah. know when the last time I sent a letter was. But yeah, um, look, it's food for yeah. thought for you guys. You know, I, I believe in you guys and I think the sort of music you're creating can cross over so-called cultural, even religious boundaries because there's no lyrics. So you're not, you're not got anything that directly influences anything else. So you can't... What I'm saying is you're not offensive to people's... Some people yeah, sensitivity. Yeah, a lot of truth, like you said before. I mean, yeah, I mean, and you know, without sounding like a like a hippie or something. I mean, the music is from from the heart, right? This is mm. you, we can't you can't fake this kind of stuff. You you have to just there's no hesitation. You have to give it. And if you if you're tentative, this music doesn't really work. Agreed. You can't right. hesitate. It is, can you? it is conceptual, but but it's not. We're not trying to be conceptual. It just can be conceptual, you know what I mean? We're not standing there with a triangle, you know, or sitting in a teepee, like using it as a Walkman playing tapes backwards and stuff. You know, mm. we're, not, it's not, we're not trying to do that. We're just, these are just instruments that we play and it's the dynamic that works for us. So, yeah, so, yeah that's what we do. D- don't answer this question if you don't want, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame it um, as a, I don't know how I can describe it. I'm going to replace some words here, okay. But do you guys need to potentially, maybe sometimes get into an altered state of mind if you know where I'm headed to create the music you do. <laughs> All I can hear is static. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but yeah, potentially. I mean, well, definitely, but not always. And yep. we definitely, but not at, always. We, we, yeah, we definitely um, look at the, the prospect of, you know, like, don't make that something that you have to do because mm. otherwise that's also quite lame. You know what I mean? I, I think so. What would you say? I agree. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at it. Just uh, the, the stimulation or the inspiration can come from many different things, and yeah, certainly, um, you know, getting altered state-wise is, um, gives you one aspect. But also, you know, talking deeply about you know current issues or where that that make you feel feel emotional that also helps. Um, we did something the other day. Um, we, we started. We've already started recording the third album with with an engineer. Um, he showed us one of his own gigs where he basically was on a, a experimental gig and basically went fuck you to everybody there and just went wild on it. And we watched that, um, and then we recorded straight after that and just performed this totally. Well, um, it's, uh, it's up on um, it's up on SoundCloud now. Actually, it's called the One, and and that came out of that. So, so that, yeah, there's many different ways for us to get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what you're touching on is certainly certainly helps, makes things easier. But yeah, it's not. Hmm. It's, it can't be the only way. Well, as Doug Stanhope yeah. says, yeah, there is, so. there's only two types of people that are against using mind altering altering substances, or you could use the other word, which I won't use. And that the two types of people are the people that suck at doing them and the people that have never done them. You know that? And, and so much of judgment in society... <laughs> and so much of judgment in society comes from a place of ignorance, as we all know, right? And people who have never tried some of yeah. these things and don't understand the wonderful... Um, how do you describe it? What, what you sense and feel when you can be under the influence, especially if you're a creative type like, like what all three of us are as musicians... You know, yeah. it gives us access yeah. to things. You know, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, some of the greatest music ever recorded, Led Absolutely. Zeppelin. It would never have happened. The church. Yeah, oh, the church. I think Steve Bill Hicks Gilby. said that same thing last night. We were up quite late last night. We also watched Bill Hicks, and he said something not, you know, dissimilar to that, you know. Mm. It's like these people weren't, 
you know, they were, you know, the his great heroes. They weren't drinking cordial and things like that. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? You know, to, the, to um... enjoy the music. Philip K. Dick. Bill Hicks, I think, yeah. Bill Hicks, yeah. George Carlin, but, you know, Bill it, Hicks, it, it, legends. It should be the premise, that's all. You know, it's not It's not the premise. And it's, you know, like, it, we were, we play depending on how we do feel as well. Like, mm. um, we had a really good gig at the Rosemount Hotel a few months back, what was it? Was it? Like, yeah, what? yeah, and, and last year, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and it was just, I think Chuck was really pissed off and half drunk that night. Like, I don't know for what. Why? <laughs> what? And then, and and I don't remember how we were feeling. But, but just, sorry, it was a complete belter. He just he yeah, just, he played like an animal, and it was it was one of the best sets like I feel like we've ever done live because yes. we wormhole. We put this thing called a wormhole when when you get into the wormhole, and you it's like you're in your living room or you're you're in the zone basically. And once you realize you're in the zone, you're not in the zone anymore. We we entered it, and we don't do that on stage all the time. I mean, you know, it's like you blink and you can miss it. Mm. Uh, and that just came from three people coming together from whatever had happened in their day. Mm. And so that, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of exciting. It's like, you know, different chemicals mixing with each other. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. no previous pun intended. <laughs> like, no, but I get it. You're performing through your emotional lens, I think is what you're saying as well. You know, it's whatever emotion that you're feeling yeah. at the time, mining that to produce some some kind of a performance. Now, you might not always pull it off. And you use a really interesting word, a word there. You know, you talk about a wormhole. I call it the vortex, okay? As a musician, sometimes oh, yeah. when you're so deep into the zone and you just, you know... You, especially for me as a bass player, I'm playing some funk and disco bass lines and the funk and I'm just sliding up and down the neck right up to the 12th fret, coming back down. The drum is hitting the tom and the, the um, snare at the same time when I need him to hit it when I'm doing a, sl as a, sl uh, a pop instead of a slap and it just all comes together and it just it gives yeah. you like a euphoric feeling, doesn't yeah. it? It just activates mm. the serotonin yeah. and it does transport Absolutely. you somewhere else. It makes you feel like as though you're playing about two or three feet off the ground. You, you and you like can kind of you can miss it as well because if it's going really well, like shit, that was quick because you know you just popped out the other side. But oh, when yeah. it's gone badly, like that's a long gig. You know what I mean? And it, that's you know obvious, I guess. Yeah, I've done a lot of those in my time. The long gigs, playing to <laughs> drunken punters in Coolum Hotel or wherever it might be, and um, you know, <laughs> actively sneering at you because you're they've got to talk louder than what they ordinarily might at home because they've got to talk louder over at your playing, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but you just suffer through it Terrible. because you get paid. Oh, look, it's you, it's playing covers music, you know. It's not originals, it's covers music. So you're effectively the soundtrack to people's drinking. That's all you really are in that situation. I mean, you can approach it, you know. I'm not, not being negative about it, but that's what it ends up actually being. Yeah, yeah we, we played some fucking pretty unsatisfying gigs, that's for sure. I mean, our first launch was a bit of a... A disaster, really. We played the yeah. Buffalo Club in um, Frio, and it just didn't go terribly well. No, it was terrible. a bomb. I mean, in some ways, it was lucky we really didn't advertise it properly, and not many people came because it wasn't. But you know, who knows if that's half the reason it was. We, it wasn't good, you know, to begin with. But okay, I don't yeah. know. We we, we kind of we learned from that, and then the next one went quite well. I think it went. We we launched um, Slow Cataclysm last year, like mid yep, late uh, September, end of September last year, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, and it's like you know, I think some people enjoyed it. They, I mean, I wouldn't say there were 
loads and loads and loads of people there. But I mean, you know, I think Pax used to say it's like well, we're here. You know, the people that are here are here. So don't discount who yes. is there and who, who is enjoying it. You know, and just talk past them and say, oh, well, no one's here. Like you know, because mm. that's kind of a shitty thing to do as well. Yeah. No, I hear you, lads. Hey, look, I better wrap things up. Tell tell the listener. If they want to get in touch with you, obviously you've got Facebook because I've just liked that page there, but how do they get into your music? Are you on Apple Music, Spotify, and all of the other, whatever the other streaming services might be that are available? Yeah, we're on all the digital stuff. So, yeah, if you look on the Spotify, uh, I guess you look up Intenso, just shift through the uh, Italian um, country band and shift through the some kind of... Um, yeah, that's not us. Uh, <laughs> Coffee as well, it's not Intenso. That's not us. Yeah, both our albums are up on. Um, uh, you'll notice from the artwork, we're completely different from all the other Intensos. Um, yeah, there's a couple of albums are up there. You can also look on Bandcamp, look up the um, Intenso band, um, SoundCloud, the Intenso band. It's, it's, you'll, um, we normally put up sort of like jams or really new stuff on the SoundCloud, um, and, just, and we just you know, kind of move those sort of songs through. Um, so that's, um, we've got a little YouTube channel as well. Um, that's called um, Intenso or Intenso Band or something. I've watched There's a few, a few videos things. in there and, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You've done some. You've done some gigs at home. Just for the listeners' sake, yeah, have a look at those videos actually because they do help a listener make more sense of your music when you can actually see how you guys are performing it. That's what I found it did for me. It demystified a bit of it. Right. Mm. Right. You know. It's a physical. It, it is a physical way of playing, and um, and, and I guess that's why it, it, it spills over into, into things like sparring and stuff. But yeah, we play we play with our hearts on our sleeves, I suppose. Mm. All right, lads. Thank you very much. Good luck with it all, and um, hope to see you over here on the. Thank, thank you so much for your support, and and um, thank yeah. you so much for your kind words. Um, so, so happy to hear that someone out there is liking our stuff. <laughs> well, you've got at least one. Yeah, it's only mildly surprising, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's really nice. It's good. Yeah, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure, lads. Yeah, just keep on creating the music that you are. I look forward to your next release. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith, and that was my conversation with Stephen Adam from the band Intenzo. Thank you so much for listening.